Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to this edition of the Baby Bowl Playoffs here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. I am Wes Easley, one of your hosts, at Loafing It over there on Twitter. Don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore there. I like to retweet a whole bunch of different things that content creators make on, on the Twitterverse, as I think that's what it's called now. But I also like to tweet out. Uh, the Baby Bowl projections, the Baby Bowl standings, all the different Baby Bowl results that we have in. And I always get those from the daddy of the Baby Bowl himself, Rob Norton, at Norton0723. Rob, how are you doing in this playoff edition of the Baby Bowl? I'm doing I'm doing good. I wish I was doing a little bit better in the standings, but, but uh, yeah, hopefully we can turn that around next week. Oh, yeah, I'm sure you are wishing that you were doing just as well as your partner in crime over here, Wes mm-hmm. Easley. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm I'm right there. I'm primed. I'm ready to go. I'll talk about my lineup just a little bit and some of my other, uh, I guess, strategies going into this week that we have and the next couple of weeks. What do we have? Three more weeks of Baby Bowl. Is that right? Yep. Three more weeks. Getting Getting down to the end. Three quarterbacks. That's all we got left, everybody. Six wide receivers or something like that. Three tight ends, but you know, two, you know how it all is, man. You can play two, three, all that thing. But all we got is three more weeks left. Don't leave the good players. Well, you can leave them in there if you want to, kind of like what I did this past week. But we have with us the guy who was able to craft not the first place lineup, but the second place lineup this week. It's Prue Patel. I think I said that right. Did I say it right, Prue? It's uh, Prue Patel. Patel, I knew I was going to get that wrong, Prue. I'm sorry. Prue Patel, Patel. I keep thinking about like the toys. The to- the the uh, what's the toy company? Isn't there a toy company like Patel? Um, yeah, it's like a the paddle, like the color palette. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that, that, that's what works in my head. At Prue Patel over there on Twitter. But Prue, the big thing that you have going on here, it's it's your Twitter handle, but also you've created something that's very similar to the Baby Bowl. And I think, Rob, you know about this already, at Lineup Showdown. It's very similar to the Baby Bowl where, it's a, uh, where you get to kick out a player during the regular season, and then you even have playoff tournaments after that, right? Yeah. Um, um, I'm guessing you're talking about lineup showdown. Um, yeah. so it's a lot similar to the baby bowl that Rob created. Um, so, um, it's basically, you have a bunch of regular season leagues where you have that one and done type flavor to it, right? Once you use a player, you can't use them for the rest of the year. Um, and the goal is here to have multiple leagues play during the regular seasons. And then at the end of the regular season, the top three finishers from each league, get to get invited into the premium playoff league um, and they get a chance to, you know, um, win it all in the playoff. And what you get out of that is uh, a championship belt, a ring, you know, customized for that year. um, And then potentially, hopefully some cash prizes as we grow this league. Um, And this whole concept, we're going to be calling it the throwdown showdown. Oh, that's a good one. I like how you said Throwdown Showdown. You can check that out at Lineup Showdown, at Lineup Showdown over there on Twitter to get all that other information. And also, Prue has got his link to his Twitter handle over there as well, at Prue Patel. 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 Uh, is there a toy company, Rob, like Patel? I think, I, I, I'm trying to think. I think you're thinking of Mattel. Yeah, that's what I'm about to tell. Okay, it seemed too easy, and it's I, I need to think easy whenever I think of my brain, Rob. I need to think. <laughs> easy. Hey, I know Prue didn't finish first. Who finished first, and maybe give us like the top five right now? 
So yeah, Destiny Erickson finished first with 136.54, and then Prue was there in second, 122.48. Um, James Clickbait at 122.16. Ev- our guy Evan, uh, the one who he, he won three times in the regular season, he uh, finished fourth with 118.86, and then Max was fifth, 118.26. All right, Max. I, I, no, Evan is not my guy. Okay, I, I I got a little jealousy over Evan right now. Just to, he's making it look effortless, is what Evan is doing. Uh, Prue, you did a good job with your lineup as well. Uh, let's go over our lineups from last week just a little bit here as we talk about that Super Wild Card weekend last week, which was very fun football. It was fun football weekend, is what that was last week, Rob. That that was wonderful, Prue. I don't know how much DFS stuff you did, but I am just enjoying DFS this year so much uh, through the help of like Rob and my other co-host over there on the DFS. DFS Streamer Podcast, Pierre. They've helped me build so many different lineups. I've learned so much. Do you get into a lot of DFS stuff, Prue? I try to. I haven't had luck, and I haven't had actually had time to, to you know, research and then talk to folks like you and then Rob and whatnot to to learn the nuances of DFS yet. Um, uh, I'm hoping, you know, as as sort of my kids grow older and they're a little bit more autonomous, I'll be able to. Um, get into DFS a lot more easy. I thought, you know, playing this one and done would help me in DFS, but uh, it hasn't really translated over to DFS. And I haven't, you know, set really good lineups there. Well, I was hoping DFS would help me in my baby bowl lineups for the regular season, Rob. And I, 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 I didn't get the correlation stuff going on real good over there in baby bowl. I would try stacking teams. And if a team flopped though, I was just out of it on baby bowl. Yeah, definitely. And in, in in the playoffs, I think it's so much more difficult. I mean, like you said, you want to you still want to try to stack when you can, um, but it's it's difficult because you know, especially when you're looking at DFS lineups or or even baby bowl lineups or anything like that, you you know, you always want to look at teams projected with high totals. So, but the thing is, if they're projected with high totals, then you're thinking that they're more likely more likely to win, and therefore it leaves you less options moving forward if they do win. So it's it's kind of a catch-22 for the playoff edition. Um, I do think that um, like a regular season edition is a little bit more translatable to to DFS than than uh, the uh, playoff edition. Um, and I do like how we when we talked with uh, Coop a week or two back, uh, talking about he, how he said it's it's more difficult in the playoffs. And I I agree with him for that reason. It's just it's just so much more decisions, and each decision is more crucial. It feels like so. Um, yeah, yeah. It's definitely it's interesting for sure. See, I don't think it's more difficult at all. I think it's easy. I, <laughs> but that's how my brain works. I am really good at picking losers. That's all I that's what I'm learning to do. It. I don't know why that is. Hey, uh, Prue, you put Matthew Stafford in there at quarterback last week. That was a really good choice. Uh, Stafford and, and the Rams just really ran all over those Arizona Cardinals. They backed into the play, Arizona backed into the playoffs, and man, they just backed all the way home. What did you have any reasons necessarily to pick Stafford or you just really liked him against the Cardinals? Um, sort of, I would say three reasons. Mm-hmm. One was I was leaning towards um, uh, Josh Allen and whatnot, and he would have been a great play as well. But I wanted to, I kind of had a feeling, you know, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and those types would win, and I would be able to pick them next week. But um, so I kind of, til- uh, I kind of, you know, went over to the Arizona and St. Um, the Los Angeles game. 
almost called them the St. Louis Rams again. <laughs> um, um, so then um, in my lineup showdown playoff one, I chose Kyler Murray, which was a big letdown. So kind of differentiate there. I chose uh, Matthew Stafford in the baby bowl, which lucked out there. Um, <laughs> and then the other reason I did was, you know, um, I knew if, if the Rams could hold um, the Arizona D-line a little bit, um, I think Matthew Stafford was going to have success because Arizona, they were trending downwards in their presser rates towards the back half of the, the season. Yeah, no, Matthew Stafford looked a little limb, nimble, too, a fleet of foot uh, this week. I, I noticed when he was playing, I was like, man, I think Matthew Stafford has lost some weight out there in Los Angeles. It makes him a little bit quicker, maybe a little bit skinnier than what he was playing days over there in Detroit. Maybe he's heading out to the beach a little more often in Los Angeles than he was in Detroit. Uh, Rob, you and I put Jalen Hurts in there. I think we were trying to find a quarterback that we thought would, wouldn't advance to the next round, and he seemed like the guy with the most upside. Yeah, pretty much. Um, the only, I think when we talked about it, you know, before the week, um, you know, between most of the games, I kind of had a feeling on which teams would win. But at the same time, the only two that felt really, really comfortable to me were Tampa over Philly and Casey over over Pittsburgh. So when it came down to Ben Roethlisberger or Hertz, I mean, it, it was no decision. <laughs> it was a no-brainer between Hertz and, and Big Ben, which one you're going to go with. So that's that's kind of where I was with Hertz. Yeah, Jalen just didn't look right. I don't know if it was the wind playing games with him, if he was a little bit scared of the Tampa Bay big all, a defensive lineman chasing him around or what it was. It just didn't look right. They abandoned the run really quick because they were down a lot of points. But, man, I, I was just watching Jalen, and I was going, what is he doing? And then, of course, he came out in the walking boot, I think, after the game, too. So maybe that had something to do with it. Uh, somebody who didn't look right either was Najee Harris. We both put Najee in there as one of our running backs, Rob. And I tell you, that Alabama combo did not do us very well. They only gave us 19 combined DraftKings points. Jalen gave us 16. Najee gave us three. Uh, I think we were looking for a running back that wouldn't advance there again. But man, I expected a little bit more passing opportunities for Najee, and it just wasn't there. Then you ended up putting Joe Mixon in there, Rob. He gave you 12 Baby Bowl points, and those Baby Bowl points were important, but Joe Mixon was in a smash spot, and he just didn't smash. Yeah, for sure. I, I was definitely disappointed with Mixon. Uh, I think Vegas had let up like the third most points to running backs on the year. They usually had been letting up a lot of pass game work. Um, you know, I was expecting I was expecting a lot more out of Mixon. I was I was honestly expecting a minimum of about 15. Um, so for him to get you know 11.6 was a letdown. And then like you mentioned with Najee, the thing with Najee that was frustrating was that I expected a lot more pass work too. I mean, we saw all season even when they were down, he stayed involved. Ben. Ben Roethlisberger had, you know, the lowest A dot of basically any any quarterback on the year, and uh, he threw short of the sticks more than any quarterback of the year. So I was expecting, even if they got down, that Najee would get five, six, seven targets in the game just for from check down work late in the game, and you know that. So those those guys were definitely disappointing. Yeah, it definitely disappointed me a bunch. Prue, I ended up putting Josh Jacobs in there to finish off my little Alabama stack of Jalen Najee and Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs gave me 17 baby bowl points, so I was putting a bunch of losers in there. Thought I did pretty good picking those losers. You ended up putting Elijah Mitchell and Devin Singletary. Both of those guys have taken over those backfields in Buffalo and in San Francisco. It kind of scares me when I look at those situations, though, for this week, especially with Singletary. 
Singletary. If Najee Harris was held by Kansas City to only three baby wool points, it kind of gives me a little hesitation to play Singletary this week, Prue. Um, yeah, so I mean, against the Patriots, I thought it was a it was a good call because he Singletary had success last time against the Patriots, and you know, like you said, at the end of the season, he was kind of um, grabbing most of the touches there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right against Kansas City moving forward. Um, it, it could be tough, um, but um, I feel like you know Kansas City doesn't have the luxury against Buffalo like they did against Pittsburgh, where they don't have to worry about the the deep throw. Mm-hmm. So um, it's it's going to be pick your poison against uh, Josh Allen and the Bills. So. Um, Singletary can still find success against Kansas City, and I, I anticipate he's going to be in that four to six um, uh, target range again. Um, and it's just going to come down to you know, is Kansas City going to um, defend the checkdown, or are they going to defend the the pass, or um, to you know, Stephon Diggs and um, Dawson Knox and whatnot. So yeah. I think he'll have a lot more success than Najee Harris did. That, that, that's a very good point. Uh, hopefully that will happen. And you don't have a Juju Smith-Schuster coming off the bench anymore either, playing uh, for, for, the, uh, for, the, the, for the Buffalo Bills. I'm sorry, my little, my little girl just ran in here, kind of got me distracted. For the Buffalo Bills, uh, you don't have somebody coming in off the bench like that. Then you went with a double Cooper stack. You went with a Cooper Cup and you went with Amari Cooper last week. They both worked out pretty good for you. I like how Amari Cooper showed up to play for the Dallas Cowboys at the end of the year. And Cooper Cup, I don't know, Prue. I, I didn't see Cooper Cup doing this good all season long for the Rams. I like how you played him, though, this week in the Baby Bowl because you just never know going forward. Yeah, um, I actually was going to play Odell Beckham, which would have been awesome, awesome oh, to yeah. pick. Um, but I thought against the the Cardinals, you know, I thought the Cardinals had a small chance of an upset. Um, uh, That was, you know, before seeing the game. (laughs) Um, So I I went with Coop to uh, stack with uh, Matthew Stafford there. So I wanted to complete that stack um, and, uh, you know, use his number one receiver there. Um, With Amari, I had a feeling that Dallas was going to lose the game just because Dallas – uh, two things they're 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 not that great defensively it's a lot of skewed because of the turnovers which are very fluky and in that regard Kyle Sanahan and, and Jimmy G are pretty good at keeping the ball um and being turnover free um I mean he did throw that late interception that got the Cowboys back in the game um but and and the other thing was uh, Mike McCarthy's game planning in playoffs usually is not the greatest. He didn't lean on his running backs enough that I, that I knew that you know San Francisco would come in and and control the time of possession. So I had a feeling that, that they were going to lose. So I wanted to use Amari Cooper as the 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 receiver that I would think that would not advance. Okay, that that that's good wise thinking, I believe. And you also put Cooper. I, you had Cooper Cup, right, Rob? You had Cooper Cup as one of your picks. Yeah, I had the same okay. kind of thinking where I was like, I, I just was thinking about it, and I and I thought, you know, that there was a chance that the Cardinals could pull the upset, and I just didn't want to take the chance of not using Cooper Cup um, in case they did happen to lose. 
Okay, yeah, and I, I, I wrote down Cooper, and then I realized after looking at Prue's lineup that it could have been a couple of different Coopers there. So I wasn't sure if you put Cooper Cup in there or not. <laughs> and then he put Deontay Johnson in there. I, what's he going to do next year, Rob? What's Deontay going to do next year if Ben Roethlisberger is not in this uh, field of anymore for us? I still love Deontay, I, but I've been really, really high on Deontay for the past two seasons. I just think that um, I've become kind of a firm believer that targets are earned. Yeah, there's circumstances. Obviously, um, you know, the better quarterback, the the more it helps. Uh, different things like that. Different quarterbacks have different tendencies. But if you're a guy that can get open and draw targets, then then you know you're gonna you're gonna earn targets. And I think Deontay is the type of guy when you watch him that his footwork is so good, especially off the line that he he's such a good guy at beating, beating his man on quick routes, quick hitting routes, anything like that. So, you know, a lot of people are worried about what happens when Ben goes, but I mean, the thing was even down the stretch this season, Ben Roethlisberger was becoming pretty much a joke, uh, you know, all along Twitter about how, how many, how little yards he was throwing for on how many attempts. So I don't, know how much worse it can really get i mean yeah. i mean i guess mason rudolph could be worse so there is that 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 chance but i still just think that deontay is is good and that it shouldn't be too much of a worry then i'm i'm bullish on him again next year yeah he's gonna be really good with aaron Rodgers throwing him the football next year hey uh, <laughs> I, I i went crazy with the raiders i put josh jacobs in there of course at running back then i went zay jones at wide receiver then i went hunter renfro at wide receiver and then i went darren <laughs> waller at tight end i was not scared to play those they actually gave me 17 14 and 15 baby bowl points and that really left my field wide open i put goddard in there as my other tight end and he lost as well so all these players that i used were losers and i still had 96 uh baby ball points and I have a wide open field to choose from. That was kind of my strategy going into it because I saw where Philadelphia was really going to lose and I thought they'd still get pretty good uh, baby ball points and I also knew that the Raiders were going to lose, or at least, you know, I had, I thought they were going to lose. I wasn't a time traveler or anything. I thought they were going to lose, which it really enabled me to play some losers that I thought were going to do really, really well, or at least pretty good to give me some baby wool points going into the final weeks of the season. And then I can hammer it home and leave you guys all in the dust is what I plan on doing, Rob. Everybody, that's a threat coming there <laughs> to everyone. Hey, you put George Kittle in there. He gave you three baby wool points, but both of you put Debo Samuel in there with 20 baby wool points. And, and both of you, put Kittle in there as well with uh, with uh, at the tight end position but really it's Debo's world in San Francisco and I don't know if anybody else is really playing in there Rob right now yeah it's crazy I mean the amount of usage he's getting it's 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 been so crazy too because early on in the season he was getting so many targets and then all of a sudden throughout the year it switched over to rush attempts and like even in this game he got 10 carries for 72 <laughs> yards and it's like he's just he's just running running touchdown he's getting rushing touchdown after rushing touchdown i don't know what to expect like he makes me he's one of the hardest players for me to even think about their value next year because i just don't know we saw two almost vastly different players throughout the season um i mean obviously he was still a guy that no matter how he got the ball he was he was good when he got the ball but you know it's so it's so unique that i just don't know what to project for next year, how to, what to expect. And I mean, I'm sure as long as he gets a lot of touches again, he's going to be good, but how much, how much do you expect in the air? How much do you expect in the ground? I mean, it's so, it's so hard to tell for next year, but he, he's clearly, clearly 
you know, the main piece of their offense and, and, a, and a big time playmaker. I suggest to rank them right below Cordero Patterson next year. That's what I suggest <laughs> you do. Hey, Prue, uh, George Kittle, we always talk about, you know, big wide, big tight end players that you want to maybe draft in the first, second, third round, even maybe maybe a little bit earlier than the third round uh, with the Kelseys and with the Wallers. Uh, does Kittle belong in that conversation anymore? Um, I would say he's probably fourth. Okay. Um, Right, you got Kelsey Waller, and then now I think I would put Mark Andrews above him. Oh yeah, um, George Kittle, um, it, it, he's been injured. I mean, yeah, and he's getting up there in age as well. But um, with with San Francisco likely going to Trey Lance next year, I think Kittle's going to become that security blanket while they still continue to manufacture touches for Debo. Um, so I think he's still got a you know pretty decent one or two years left, um, and and I'm, we've seen him. Uh, and he's a true tight end, right? He's one of the number one blocking tight ends out there, and probably a top five receiving tight ends. So because of that, he's going to be playing a lot of snaps, and snaps means opportunities. So. I drafted him this year, and you know when you said security blanket, it made me think of my little daughters, and when when they were little and everything, they had the little security blanket. The other thing I also think about is how they wet the bed, and I felt like when I drafted George Kittle this year in drafts, <laughs> I wet the bed at the same time. So I'm not sure I may let somebody else have that security blanket next year, Prue. I like what you said, and you're right. Young young quarterbacks usually have a tendency to want to stick around the line of scrimmage, and Trey Lance very well might do that. I just may let somebody else take that chance in doing that with George Kittle next year, but you have a very valid point, my friend. Hey, that's Prue Patel, 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 Prue Patel, P-A-T-E-L, over there on Twitter, at Prue Patel. Also, at Lineup Showdown is what he created, which is kind of a one-and-done tournament all throughout the season. And you have some, actually, you, you were mentioning some names before the show, Prue, of some big people that were playing in your leagues or signed up with it and everything. Uh, who 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 else playing in this? Oh yeah, no. I, uh, when I when I did mention um, Scott Fish and them, it, that was you know me just learning the fact that um, oh, yeah. I wasn't the only one that had the brilliant idea of the one and done type format. Um, when I started engaging folks on Twitter, um, fantasy football, I started quickly learning that you know there's lots of other people that have um, this format. Um, but um, what I what I was able to do was you know I had. Um, Sea uh, talks football. Regina Wright. Um, yeah. We created a, a league under her, um, and it was a charity league. And uh, we had about you know twelve to fifteen players there. Um, and then I had my charity league, and we had another twelve to fifteen players there. And I hope to build off of it. Um, maybe take some inspiration from Rob here <laughs> and grow to the numbers that he's got. Um, so uh, and and that's what I'm trying to do is just create you know more of a presence for this one and done um, league format. Cause in my opinion, it's the best fantasy football. Yeah, I think people are really liking this one-and-done fantasy thing. So I think you're onto something there. And whenever you talk about doing it for charity and everything, and I know you're doing it through My Fantasy League as well. So I think that uh, this is something that can catch on a little bit more. And, and you talked about Rob's numbers. Rob, do we have a final total, a final tally of how many people are in the Baby Bowl playoff anyway? Yeah, in the playoff edition, we officially got 117 was the final number. Um, so, yeah, that uh, you know, it's 20, 20 bucks a person. So 
the total uh, total pool came to twenty three forty, and since half of it's going to charity, it'll be eleven seventy. But we also had um, some extra donations that were made. Uh, a few people um, they they weren't able to play, or you know they they were too busy, or you know whatever it was. But they decided that they were going to donate too. Um, so we got, um, we had, uh, Toronto Dave, Dynasty Jake, Tommy Moe, and, and, uh, um, Bauer, Michael Bauer, uh, all donated. So it was a total of an extra $70 towards the donation. Oh, cool. Uh, and that was, uh, so the total donation is going to come to 1240. All right. All right. That's good. I, I like the donation part of things. I like the prize pool too. I just want to know how much I'm going to win in the end. I, I, I want the donation <laughs> part too. Don't get me wrong, bro. Don't get me wrong, but I want to know how much I'm going to win at the end. And I think my wife wants to know how much I'm going to win at the end too, uh, during the baby bowl. Hey, you're, you're <laughs> listening to the daddy of the baby bowl at Norton zero seven, two, three over there on Twitter. Don't forget to follow me as well at loafing on Twitter. And don't forget to follow the show at FI today with a little underscore like subscribe, all those different things that you want to do. And make sure you hit up our new friend, Prue. Patel, 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 P-A-T-E-L, over there on Twitter, at Prue Patel uh, on Twitter. And don't don't forget to follow at Lineup Showdown. I think I think Prue said he will follow you back if you do. Is that right, Prue? That's a definite yes. <laughs> hey, there's a big game this weekend in Kansas City. I'm afraid my daughter, who got a Kansas City Chief blanket this, this year for Christmas, is going to end up crying her little tears, her, her little eyes out as Kansas City loses to the Buffalo Bills this week. Uh, the Buffalo Bills and Kansas City Chief, they have the highest point total going into this weekend at 55. Everybody else is down there in that 47, 48 range, maybe a little bit. Uh, but to me, this one looks like a game where a lot of people are going to be, be targeting through the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm not sure if you said it or not earlier, but who do you think will end up winning this game? Because, you know, in the Baby Bowl playoffs, we like to pick losers. <laughs> um, it's, it's a great game, and I think it's truly 50-50, and it's going to come down to whoever has the ball last, in my opinion. Okay. Um, and, and don't disregard the defenses here. I mean, I know the point total is at 55, but both defenses are, have been playing phenomenal towards the back end of the year. So it will be a very interesting game to watch, but it's, it's my wife's from Kansas. He's a Kansas city chiefs fan and I'm from Baltimore. I'm a Ravens fan. So we, we heat up sometimes, but (laughs) as much as it hurts me to say, I think the chiefs pull it off. Uh, wow. Wow. You think the Chiefs are going to win though? Okay. What about you, Rob? Who do you predict in this game is going to end up winning it? Because, uh, you know, we do like to pick the losers and I think, I think Prue is being held hostage right now, to be honest with you. (laughs) It's, it's, I agree. It's a tough one. Um, you know, both of these teams, a lot of people are kind of dubbing this as, uh, as the Super Bowl before the Super Bowl. Um, with how you know how good these two teams are and seem to be how good the two quarterbacks are, um, but yeah, if you know, I think the Chiefs are going to win. Um, I've always kind of believed in the Chiefs, even during their down down spurts. Um, I've always thought they were one of the best teams, and whenever you have a quarterback like Mahomes, you always have a have a great chance. So I I do love Josh Allen, um, but. I I do think he's a little bit more turnover prone, a little bit less experienced in these big spots. So um, 
I, I, I'm going to go with Mahomes. But if I, at the same time, like I said, if it, if the Bills win and and uh, Allen breaks through, that wouldn't be it wouldn't surprise me at all. Apu, is your wife in the room? Can she hear me right now? <laughs> no, she? she cannot. <laughs> okay, okay. That's why I was I was thinking your wife was there. That's why you said Kansas City. I guys, I think Buffalo wins this one. I think Josh Allen has been waiting for this moment. We've seen Josh Allen have a couple of letdown games during the regular season. And to be honest with you, I think he's had this moment pinned on his wall and in his locker all year long. Uh, to be able to play Kansas City, to be able to get through Kansas City. He wants to be the chief of this entire division. I think Josh Allen wins this game uh, single-handedly if he has to. I don't, I don't know that Kansas City can necessarily stop him, but I do like what you said, Prue, about the defense. Kansas City's defense always seems to step up and play a little bit faster, a little bit stronger, a little bit harder in the playoffs. I could see that possibly happening, but I think Josh Allen is just too talented. I, I like Josh Allen in this game. And so I, whenever I look at this, I also want to ask you guys this. If I'm picking losers, all right, for who in that Kansas City chief wide receiver room am I wanting to play this week? Tyreek Hill has kind of let me down, Prue, over the last couple of weeks. And since you got some insight here uh, with your wife being a Kansas City Chief fan, do I want to pivot and go with a Pringle? Do I want to go to a Robinson? Do I want to go to a Hardman? Who, who, who in that wide receiver room can I trust this week? Right. And, and, and you're dead on. I think the Bills you know, will probably try to take Hill away and they'll try to attempt to take Kelsey away. But um, I've actually wrote an interesting article. There's no such thing as a wide receiver two in Kansas City. It's wide receiver one is Hill and wide receiver one B is Kelsey. Um, and then it's, you know, everyone else splits the, the targets, be it Pringles, be it Robinson, Hardman, or the running backs. Um, I would say probably Jarek McKinnon is the second or third in targets in that, um, in this coming week. So, um, but if you had to throw a dart out there, I would – it's a tough one. I think I would go either – I would say Pringle would be my gut feeling. Okay. All right. I, I can understand the gut. And yet I did look at the earlier today. CEH, I believe, Rob, has been cleared, is going to play this weekend, uh, which which really makes a lot of sense. But I do like – I like McKinnon a lot. He showed me some burst last week. I, I almost really want to play McKinnon this week. I know it's tough. I I always had a soft spot for McKinnon. I just loved, you know, those guys with the with the crazy spark scores, workout scores, things like that. As crazy athletic, um, he you know he's been banged up for years and things like that. So it was awesome to kind of see him get get a shot there. Um, yeah, it's so so tough. I honestly think I'm gonna have I might just avoid both of those guys when it comes mm-hmm. to Baby Bowl just because I I really don't know what to expect and. You know, you you never know too that Daryl Williams might uh, sneak back in. I mean, I know it seemed like last week he fumbled that first first play and then uh, kind of got put in the doghouse. So um, he had been a guy that was you know re- doing really well when when getting in uh, his touches. So I, that's just something that's so ambiguous to me that I'm I'm gonna steer clear. Tampa Bay and Los Angeles Rams have got a 48-point total somewhere in that neighborhood. Right now, Tampa Bay is favored by three points in this contest. The Rams look a little bit better than that to me. I I think Tampa Bay, Rob, is a beat-up. I think they are 
underhanded, uh, underhanded. Well, that may be true with uh, with Tom Brady there. Uh, <laughs> understaffed, maybe is what I'm trying to say, trying to say. Uh, that's that's a Freudian slip, I believe, is what they call it in the <laughs> business. Uh, but I I believe that they just don't have a lot of hands on deck right now. I, I could see Los Angeles pulling this one out in Tampa Bay. Am I completely wrong? No, I I could see it too. I mean. That's the thing is that Tampa Tampa is so banged up and the Rams, you know, since the start of the season, the early, early on in the season, a lot of people were picking the Rams to go to the Super Bowl. So it's not like they they were a team that's just like here all of a sudden they're they've been a really talented team and a really good team the whole year. So, um, you know, a lot of people instantly have Tampa as a favorite because of Tom Brady. And I mean, I can't blame you. I go, you don't ever want to bet against Tom Brady, but um tampa does seem really banged up this this game will probably be another close game and i kind of expect it to be high scoring as well um and it's another one where i really don't feel confident on who's going to win so i have no problem playing either either side of this game um mike evans is kind of kind of tough to play though just because we've seen when mike evans uh, goes against physical corners that he seems to struggle a bit um He's always had kind of difficulty, it seems like, with like guys like Jalen Ramsey and Marshawn Lattimore. Mm-hmm. So that's it's tough because he is kind of, you know, it's it's him and Gronk there at this point with Godwin down and Antonio Brown off the team. So um, he probably will still get his looks, but I don't expect a great game. And at the same time, if they lose, though, then you can't use him. So it's kind of a conundrum there. So I'm, I'm not sure what to do with him, but I think Tom Brady could have, have a good game. Uh, and I like Gronk in it, too. Prue, can you believe that we are talking about a Tampa Bay Buccaneer team? Leonard Fournette is still a little bit injured. Uh, the Ronald Jones is not even anywhere near a practice field anymore. It doesn't seem like uh, that. We're talking about Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, and Giovanni Bernard playing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Can we play Giovanni Bernard this week if there's no other running backs in that mix for Tampa? Um. You could. I mean, the thing with the Rams is, you know, um, their their defense is uh, based on the Vic Fangio defense, right, where they will allow two, three yards up the middle all day long, um, um, and but they will protect the back end, right, or be it the pass or, or, or an explosive run. Um, but the, the way to beat the Rams is through your running backs and being effective. Um, be it screens or just keep rusting the ball. Um, so if Tampa wants to win this game, and it's like Rob pointed out, Mike Evans probably will have a down game um, against Jalen Ramsey, and they're already injured um, throughout the wide receiving court. Um, so I could see Bernard repeating you know, his success he had in the first week of the playoffs um, because the Rams are – you know, if you if you if your offensive line, which Tampa Bay's offensive line is probably the best offensive line in the league, um, uh, will take care of the Rams' D line, even with Aaron Donald there. Um, I think Bernard's going to have some room to run in it and look out for those screens. Yeah, that's that's and that's what I look at. Uh, if we were picking a if we were picking a tight end, would you want to play a Gronkowski this week, or maybe would you rather have a Tyler Higby for Los Angeles, Prue? Um, I would actually want to play Gronk because I okay. think and then the playoffs. One of the reasons the baby ball is so much harder in the playoffs is the limited number of weeks. You don't have the time to catch up, um, and you want to play good players early on. 
Um, especially with a team that has multiple tight ends like Tampa. Let's say if you play Gronk and Tampa advances and they go all the way to the Super Bowl, you could still use Cameron rate and be successful. Um, so uh, I, I point to the constraint theory, right? Uh, with the baby bowl playoffs, you're constrained in every which way. You have a limited lineup, you have a limited number of weeks, and then a, a, and if teams start losing and winning, your constraint theory, depending on which thread you're on, could collapse or open up. Um, so I think I want to use Gronk to to try to get those points early on in the playoffs. Okay, I could see that. I I, I get you, and I I don't like Higby. I, I'm leaning towards Gronk as well as one of the better tight end options on this board. And Rob, whenever we look at San Francisco and Green Bay, that's supposed to be a really cold game. Negative four degrees, I think, is where it's going to be with the wind chill and dropping as the game goes on. Don't ask me why they put this game at night, but they did. I think they 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 want Aaron Rodgers to do really really well. Is what I think. What is what the NFL wants to do? Don't ask me why because we'll get into conspiracy theories and we'll be here all night, Rob. <laughs> but uh, in this game here, do you see San Francisco having any shot at all? I don't, because I think that San Francisco's, I want to say a warm weather team. They're not as warm. San Francisco's not as warm as I would like it to be, nor uh, some of the people who live there either. But they're definitely not as cold as Green Bay. Yeah, it's interesting because part of me wants to say they are, because you, you think of their style of play and they're a... How Peru talked about earlier, uh, they they're a type of team that's like a run dominant. Uh, they don't really want to throw a ton. They like to use play action a lot. They they're you know predicated on not making mistakes. So it's kind of like a team that that it seems like from that from a fundamental standpoint that they're built for cold weather because of 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 how they play. But at the same time, like you said, you know. Green Bay obviously is a team with experience clearly in in cold weather um so yeah I do think out of all the games this one is kind of the one that's like the easiest for me or at least the one that feels the safest that Green Bay would move on mm-hmm. um so I don't mind using using you know I would get any of those San Fran guys that you haven't used if you haven't used Debo or Kittle um now would be the time to use them in my opinion um I do feel at least somewhat safe with uh, saving Green Bay guys. So um, they that's something that I might end up trying to do is save some Green Bay guys, uh, hoping that they're going to advance and I have more options next week. Yeah, they are six-point favorites right now at home for that game, and it is a 47-point total. Uh, boy, but boy, oh. Boy, that's San Francisco secondary sure is susceptible to the past. And Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams should be able to tear that up. I, I am, I am, I, my mouth is watering trying to play them in the baby bowl, Rob. I, I'm thinking about <laughs> playing them really bad. Hey, Cincinnati and Tennessee, this is the first game that we'll have this weekend, Prue. This is a smash mouth game to me. The, I, I, I understand. Maybe I'm just thinking about Derrick Henry, and I'm so giddy that Derrick Henry's going to be back there in the backfield. All signs are pointing to that anyway. I think that he'll be able to play. I, I'm, I'm concerned, though, that he won't have as many touches as he usually does during the regular season. The other thing I look at is how Joe Burrow, and the Cincinnati Bengals can really throw the ball around a lot. And and Tennessee's secondary is just terrible. Their passing defense is just terrible. So I don't know who's going to win this game. Right now it is Tennessee favored by three and a half, and they play really well at home. Who do you think, Prue? I actually think uh, this game is a lot safer to pick as well from 
from the four games that are on the dock this week. Uh-huh. Um, simply because Tennessee got a week off, they're playing at home, um, and uh, Mark Mike Rabel has you know a extra week to prepare his defense, and when he does that, their defense does play really good when he has a solid game plan. Their front seven is able to generate the pressure, and that leads to um, mistakes um, by the opposing quarterback. So I think I think with that, with the dominant run game that, that they bring, and Cincinnati's not that great against the run, in my opinion, especially mm-hmm. against you know the the, the powerful running teams. Um, so I think I think Tennessee is going to pull off this win, and I would say you know Green Bay is probably the safest. Even though you know Aaron Rodgers hasn't won against San Francisco in the playoffs ever, um, in the last three tries, I still think um, Green Bay pulls it off, and I think Tennessee is a pretty much lock as well. I like the way you think, because I'm right down here in Tennessee. Let me just tell you something. I'm just gonna tell. I'm just gonna tell you guys in on a little secret. My daughter probably will not download this podcast. She probably won't do it because she knows that I'm picking against Kansas City. But if Kansas <laughs> City ends up winning, and Kansas City goes to Tennessee. I am going to take my daughter to that playoff game. At least I'm going to try to. I, I, I believe I'll be able to get tickets. I'll, I'll at least show up at the stadium and talk my way into it. I'm a bread vendor, so I'll be able to get in there somehow, some way. You know what I mean, Rob? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I hear you. Uh, she'll she'll freak out if I'm able to do that. So that's, that's really cool. Uh, so that's what I'm hoping for anyway. And I think that all the stars line up except for Josh Allen being the meteorite to crush that star for my little daughter's hopes and dreams. Hey, Prue, we appreciate you building a good lineup like you did. Coming in second place right now, you are holding on to second place. I look forward to looking at your lineup this week. As it's below me, though, because I am going to build a masterful lineup this week. But you did a really good job, Prue. And and I didn't tell everybody that you are a writer. What what? Who do you write for? Uh, the league winners. Yeah, at FF League winners over there on Twitter. And he is Prue Patel. Maytel, Maytel. Prue Patel is what you are there, Prue. Did I say it right the last time? Yes. All right, at Prue. Petal, uh, Petal. <laughs> I'm doing terrible. It's, it's after my bedtime. Uh, P-A-T-E-L over there on Twitter. And don't forget, at Lineup Showdown as well. Check that out. Big things coming from him next year on at Lineup Showdown. Uh, got a lot of big dreams and, and also a lot of different charities that you are working up to try and get, Rob, uh, Prue. That's, that's a really good place. I, I like it. I appreciate you being on the show. Yeah, I appreciate it being on here. Um, never thought I would be uh, as joyful placing second <laughs> um, so I'm glad I did. So, um, uh, it was great uh, uh, talking to you guys. You too, Prue. Very much so. Rob, we, you brought in somebody new. We always get to talk to somebody new here. It seems like each and every week on the Baby Bowl, you got a lot of different players signed up for the Baby Bowl playoffs, and that is really exciting going forward to be able to check out all these different people and all these learn all these new names. Yeah, definitely. Like like we've talked about before, you know, it's it's always see it's always one of the best parts, you know, getting so many different people involved and uh, getting to kind of get to know you know di- different people from different backgrounds and and really uh, get to get to help out and you know, Prue and I have talked a little bit before and and things like that with with the lineup showdown. So hopefully, you know, we can we can uh, feed feed off each other and uh, do some uh, nice nice things this next coming season and uh, we'll see what happens. 
Yeah, that does sound exciting, and it's always good to spread the love around the fantasy football community because that's really what we are. It's just a nice little community that does different things with different people, and it, it is a blessing to be a part of this. At Norton0723 over there on Twitter, and of course, this is the Baby Bowl playoffs, and he was the daddy of the Baby Bowl. I'm just a little uncle of the Baby Bowl, I think is what I've been designated at. At Lofanet over there on Twitter. Don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore. Make sure you like, make sure you subscribe, make sure you review, but more importantly than all those other actions, Fit Fam, we always want to encourage you to find a way to make a positive impact in somebody's life today. 